it's not just another day in your life. Things are changing for the better. At Comcast, we see those changes and we're thinking about how we use technology today to live, work, learn, and play. And we're building for the future now, so we're better prepared for the wants and needs of tomorrow. That's why Comcast is rolling out multi-gig internet speeds to more than 50 million homes and businesses before the end of 2025, making our already industry-leading network even faster, smarter, greener, and more reliable. Over the decades, Comcast has been your partner, working hard to serve your community, and will continue to be your partner. We're expanding our gigabits so you can enjoy the tiny bits that matter most. It's Not Your Fault is a podcast for parents, caregivers, and young people navigating the world and its challenges. Here's your host, Brandon Jones. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another installment of It Is Not Your Fault, a teen mental health podcast. I am your host, Brandon Jones, and on today's episode, we're going to discuss how to address teens who are isolating and or lonely. We will get to the podcast in a moment. Black Beyond Measure honors and evaluates black creators, artists, entrepreneurs, and others in the black community. Target holds the community front and center, supporting their products, ambitions, and efforts, and people behind them, encouraging them to thrive. Capricia Ambers is a local Twin Cities artist whose work can be seen in Target's Diverse Artist series. Her feature design includes beautiful, bold silhouettes that can be found on throw pillows, doormats, mugs, tumblers, and much, much more. She finds inspiration from and connection to her city and community. Now, this is another one of our great questions that has come from a listener. Listener parents send in an email, sent to me and say, hey, Brandon, you know, you were talking about grief a few weeks ago, and that podcast got me thinking about my own kid and if they are grieving. And ultimately what they discovered was that their young person in their life was really just struggling with isolation and loneliness, which definitely is a part of grief. So they reached out, sent the email. Uh, we had a, a conversation about uh, their the young person in their life. And they wanted me to talk a little bit more about this on the podcast. So I thought it'd be a great thing to bring as a conversation for all of you, because you may be dealing with the exact same thing with a young person in your life. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about teen loneliness and grief. Now, you may be thinking in this virtual world where things are hybrid and Zoom and team meetings and Google Hangouts or Google Meets, Google Hangouts old, Google Meets and teenagers are all on these devices that we probably don't have many teens who are suffer, suffering with loneliness or isolation. But you'll be surprised how many people, even when they are connected, when they're on social media, when they are engaging, they feel disconnected from the world around them. So in an increasingly interconnected world, it may seem counterintuitive to discuss the rising issues of teen loneliness and isolation. Even with the prevalence of social media, uh, virtual communication, and demanding academic schedules, it is often the reality that many teens experience profound feelings of loneliness and disconnection. Things are very different than when you were a young person and when I was a young person. 
we would go outside. We would play until the streetlights came on. We would meet new people. We would go to different neighborhoods. We would walk long distances, ride our bikes on our rollerblades, and sometimes even on skateboards. And we would engage in socializing. That has all changed. Our society is different. People are engaging virtually more than often. People are not outside. I've talked about this a lot with teenagers. I told the story about my uh, old neighborhood that I lived in, and all these kids came out of nowhere when it was the first day of school. I've never seen so many teenagers in my neighborhood because they all were, you know, in indoors. But it's a different world, and that world has changed the way that we socialize. And that change doesn't mean that our world was better than theirs or their world is better than ours. It's just different. And as parents and caregivers, we have to slow ourselves down to understand that. And as young people, you have to understand why parents and caregivers respond the way they do to potential loneliness and isolation. We don't want our young people to be isolated or lonely. Uh, that's a very scary space to be in, right? That That is a symptom of so many different things, whether we're talking about you know, grief, we're talking about depression, sometimes even anxiety. Uh, or other serious mental illnesses, that is one of the criteria is the distancing that people end up having for oneself. But what I want to stress for today is the importance of parents of recognizing and addressing the concern by by doing a few different things. And we're going to share some strategies to help young people when you do notice that they are isolating and that they are, quote unquote, lonely. Now, the hope is that the young people in your life have the ability to share that things are not going the way they want them to go. They're sharing that they why they don't want to associate with people. They're sharing why they are isolating and why they feel lonely. But if you are like me and you've been around young people who don't like to talk to adults about their quote-unquote problems in their life, it's something that doesn't always happen. So unfortunately, that means that you got to take it another step forward. You got to turn it up just a little bit to make sure you're supporting the young people in your life as a parent and caregiver. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about just, you know, what's happening here, right? What's going on uh, and what's getting in our way as we're able to move. Uh, what's getting in our way as we're able to move forward with young people and make sure that they're not isolating. So what are some of the causes for isolation in young people? It could be even though we just talked about this, it could be how they're engaging on social media. So they might have profiles, they may be scrolling, they may be on these things, but they may feel excluded, right? They may be seeing other kids doing things or having things that they don't have. They may see other people having things or doing things that they don't have. They may be in a beef or uh, having an issue with somebody online, right? They may have, somebody might be online talking bad about them. Or maybe they have a crush on somebody and that person's with another person that they're dating. And now they're upset about that. So social media can contribute to the feelings of isolation and loneliness, even when they're online. So, you know, people are perceiving other people's lives and they're ju making judgments on themselves. Another huge factor in isolation and loneliness for some young people is academic pressures, whether that's to be an excellent student or not whether that's a student who may be struggling in an area, you may, they may have some embarrassment, so they may isolate. They may limit their social interactions. Um, just be, and They may increase their time doing schoolwork and be 
over hyperly focused on academics because they're a fear of not being able to succeed. So they don't connect with other people. They just keep their heads buried in books. So he can, he can look a lot of different ways. I mean, some people, you know, some parents say, Hey, that's not a bad thing. I want my young person to be excellent academically and get good grades, but you don't want that to be in spite of them making meaningful connections, building networks and support systems, right? We want to make sure that they're able to do all those things and that they're not just, you know, isolated and exhausting themselves with trying to be the, the, you know, the best student ever or whatever the case may be there. But there are also those students who who struggle. They're not doing good academically and they're embarrassed. So then they take they take a step back and they kind of um, position themselves in a way where they're distant from other people. So academic pressures are another huge, huge portion of this. I would say the third thing um, that comes up for a lot of young people while they isolate and are lonely is changes in friendships, changes in friendships. So as teenagers grow up, friendships evolve and they dissolve, right? They they get better, they change, you meet new people, or they just disappear. And this is this is a tough lesson in life, especially in today's world where you have things like BFFs and you know, you know, people are day ones and things of that nature, where everybody is um everybody is uh in a space where they have to be supportive and their friendships mean so much to them. But when those friendships change, people don't know how to always process those changes. Change is hard in many different elements, especially when the person you thought was your day one or your best friend forever or your boo and it's the person you dated, but now they want to date somebody else, then things get hard. And that can be one of the signs of isolation for so many young people. And then the fourth thing that I want to bring up, and this is something that we used to talk a lot about, but for some reason, it's only talked about in a social media form, but I want to talk about the physical form of it is bullying and peer pressure. Bullying and peer pressure are also reasons for social isolation and loneliness of a, of a young person. What bullying and, and, and peer pressure do is it erodes the self-esteem of a young person. When you feel like you can't overcome somebody, somebody's picking on you, making you do something, forcing you to think a particular way, all those things are difficult. And it's easy way to deal with that is just to withdraw socially, take a step back Say, you know what? I'm not going to go out there and deal with all this craziness because this is just too much for me to handle. And young people are dealing with these things all the time. They're dealing with the social media pressures. They're dealing with the academic pressures. They're dealing with the changes in their social dynamic and their friends and their, their partners and things of that nature. They're also dealing with bullying and peer pressure, right? Based on how they look, what they have, what they don't have, what they like, what they don't like, what they have access to, what they don't have access to. All these things are a part of their social dynamic and can lead to loneliness and isolation. It's a lot that young people have to deal with. And that's why we're here on the podcast. But the other reason why we're here is to always talk about tips, strategies uh, to deal and address with these things that come up. So what are some things that we can do? I'm going to share seven strategies to addressing teen loneliness and isolation. The number one thing, and yes, I'm going to sound like a broken record, is to keep open lines of communication. I say this at pretty much every episode of the podcast now, <laughs> is that we can be able to talk to people. If you can't talk to people about things that are going on, um, you can't solve problems. Communication and relationships solves problems. 
And the key here, though, is just not talking verbally. It's figuring out all different types of um, methods of communication to reach the young person in your life. And you want to make sure whatever that method of communication is, that the young person feels comfortable with it, which means that it's safe for them and that it's non-judgmental and you're here to help and not harm them or tease them based on what's being shared and then vice versa. Hopefully you've been able to share your portion of what's going on in your perspective doesn't create distance between the young person as well. The next area is fostering empathy and understanding, right? You got to have some empathy and understanding. Remember, when you were a young person, it's very different than what young people are dealing with today. So don't compare and contrast. Have enough empathy, right? Make sure that the young person in your life has empathy as well, and you're helping to encourage the empathy within them, and that you're also encouraging them to consider other perspectives. This can be a hard one when people are really emotionally responding and they feel like they've just been hurt and people aren't listening to them. Is sometimes that anger gets in the way and they're not able to hear other perspectives. They're not able to even accept other perspectives. So you want to do the best that you can to cultivate compassion within relationships. The third thing that I want to share is extracurricular activities. We know that you know one of the ways to fight off some of those loneliness feelings and some of that isolation is to encourage engagement in different activities where you're around other people or you're just doing things to help get your brain off of the negative things that are in your life. So extracurricular activities, sports, clubs, various different hobbies, um, you know, it gives an opportunity for young people to get around like-minded people, share their own interests. It also helps to foster a sense of belonging and it enhances a social interaction as well. So you want to make sure that all types of engagement with the young person and their peers is important. Number four, we're going to set some realistic expectations on social media. Again, that social media thing we can't get around it it's a part of our life but make sure that there's some boundaries set and there's some mindset around um social media and how young people are engaging in it what their expectations are with it um them understanding that just because something's posted doesn't mean it's real or doesn't mean it's reality it is there but it is not the full picture or the full story all the time so you know helping them do the best they can to maintain their emotional response to social media is key. Promote face-to-face -face interactions is going to be number five. And you might be thinking, we just got out of a pandemic. Why, why would I do that? Why would I promote face-to-face? -face? Because we're human. We need to be engaging people in person. Everything can't be on social media. You got to engage people in person and help normalize that. And we've seen this with a lot of young people coming out of the pandemic, uh, especially those young people that are in those early developmental years, spend those three years not seeing people's complete faces, um, not being able to read people's lips, uh, not being able to touch or shake hands or give pounds and stuff. Like there, there has been a disruption in the social development for so many young people. So I want to encourage face-to-face -face interactions. Uh, it builds courage. Uh, it builds the ability to advocate for oneself and also puts young people in a position to have conversations, whether difficult or not, with other people and not feel like they can hide behind a screen name or a text box. Number six, model healthy behaviors. Another one of those broken record moments where I'm always talking about what you put out there, what the kids see is what they'll emulate. So being able to model positive and healthy behaviors, whether that's communication, um, um, implementing uh, empathy, I can't even talk anymore, active listening skills, all these things are gonna be important. 
and engaging in that relationship and role modeling how you want the young person to respond and what you want them to be. And then number seven, of course, a broken record. <laughs> I have to say this. I don't have to, but it's highly recommended. And it, I wouldn't be myself if I didn't say it. Always seek out professional help whenever needed. Um, get that pro- professional support when needed. If 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 the isolation uh, and the loneliness is too much to bear for the young person, it might be time to talk to a professional to get that intervention that's needed and the treatment that's needed to help this young person get to a space where their isolation and their loneliness does not cause them to mentally or emotionally break down uh, to a place and space where they need you know, psychological assistance, um, whether whether that may be through medications or through therapy. So we want to make sure that our children are healthy as no matter what. And sometimes you may have to go through the actual clinical process or professional process to get the help that the young person needs. So that was, you know, that was a, a, a lot to throw at you here in this short, nice little podcast. But I wanted to bring up isolation. I wanted to bring up loneliness because there are young people who struggle with this. I know it doesn't feel like that because so many young people are engaging online and they make this social media so vibrant. But there are young people who are dealing with so much and they're trying to deal with it alone. So we want to make sure that we are fostering open communication. We're encouraging meaningful connections. We're promoting healthy balance within the virtual life versus the in-person life. And we want to make sure that parents are supporting their teams and navigating the complex social landscape of being an adolescent. It's not easy. You were there one time. You know it wasn't easy, but it should be a fun time. It should be a moments, moments of joy over these next couple of years until they launch into adulthood. So with that, I'm going to wrap up the podcast. Again, this is It Is Not Your Fault, a teen mental health podcast. I am your host, Brandon Jones. And remember, you may not be the cause of the problem, but you may be the one who can help solve it for the young person in your life. We will see you in the next episode. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before I go, (laughs) you can reach us at www.jegna.com. That's J-E-G-N-A dot org. That is my personal website. Feel free to send me any communications or questions there. Jegna.org. Or you can find me at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. That's ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. And then also, if you want to learn more about this, get these tips, go over to the Facebook group. They'll be posted there for you to check out in the Facebook group. Uh, That is It Is Not Your Fault podcast in Facebook. You can find us there. Go ahead and add us, like us, uh, join the group so you can always get the show notes that I have. You can get the great articles that I talk about and you can share your tips with other parents who could benefit from it. Now, I will see you later. Take care. To check out previous episodes of It's Not Your Fault or to learn more about Brandon Jones, log on to ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. Hi, I'm Shaletta Brundage. I'm a media personality, podcaster, and a business owner. But my most important role is mom. Three of my beautiful kids have been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. When I didn't know who to trust or where to turn, I found ACRA. ACRA provides home care services to families all over Minnesota. The care is not one size fits all. They know each one of my kids is unique. They listen to what resources we needed and what's best for our family. I've seen my kids grow and thrive with ACRA's in-home care. While autism is the most common diagnosis among ACRA clients, 
ACRA offers personalized in-home care services for people with disabilities, chronic illnesses, behavioral diagnosis, and mental illness. They work with children, adolescents, and older folks too. Find out more about ACRA at their website, acrahomecare.org. ACRA helps me provide my kids with a better quality of life. They can do it for your family too. Children's Minnesota, the leader in specialized health care for kids, is here to raise awareness, standards, the bar, the stakes, the question, the curtain. On raising kids' health to the highest priority, kids need equal access to health care, more pediatric expertise, a voice for change. Kids need us, all of us. So let's raise them up. is still going around and even a mild case can be serious during pregnancy. So what should you do if you're pregnant and have a positive COVID test? First, reach out to your doctor or healthcare provider. There might be treatment options they can recommend. That includes giving you a prescription for an antiviral drug you take in pill form by mouth. If you haven't gotten a COVID vaccine, it's not too late. Doctors say vaccinations are safe in any trimester but the sooner the better. Pregnancy can be a time of great joy and anticipation. So take good care so you and your baby are healthy. And congratulations. Do you worry that lead-based pain in your older home might be dangerous to your children or kids who visit you? Well, Hennepin County put those fears to rest. Hennepin County offers free lead tests and home assessments. If they find anything, eligible homeowners and landlords can receive up to $15,000 for work on the home, including new windows. The government banned lead-based paint 45 years ago when it was discovered that lead poisoning can affect development and cause permanent damage in young children. But 75% of those homes built before 1978 still contain some lead-based paint. As the paint degrades, it can make dust that little kids ingest when they're crawling and putting things in their mouths. So make sure your home is safe and hazard-free. Learn about testing and that $15,000 grant at hennepin.us backslash lead control. That's hennepin.us backslash lead control. You know Shaletta makes you laugh. But did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. You manage expenses. You manage risk. You manage market fluctuations. You manage productivity, inventory, and delivery. And some days, you just manage. Work with a banker who understands that helping your business through challenging times takes a thoughtful plan, creative thinking, and a partner you can count on. Work with Bremer Bank, because understanding is everything. Put us to work for you today 
at bremer.com. Our mental health is part of our total well-being. We're worthy of joy and self-care. Because when we see mental health, we see a community that cares. www.cmentalhealth.org At General Mills, our table is your table. And we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity.